I'd like to start with something funny. And I heard about this 92-year-old man. He wasn't feeling that well. So he went to the doctor. A few days later, the doctor saw him walking out in the park with a beautiful young lady by his side. He seemed as happy as can be. The doctor says, wow, you sure are feeling a lot better, aren't you? He said, yes, doctor, I'm just following your orders. You said to get me a hot mama and to stay cheerful. The doctor says, I didn't say that. I told you that you have a heart murmur, so be careful. <laughs> Sometimes good to be half deaf, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. So good. Okay, here we go. Part two of the series on communion. The power of Holy Communion for health and well-being. This is one of the most important things I've ever taught, I believe, in this church. And I did it 10 years ago, but I really felt a stirring, even in my own heart, to be able to say this again, particularly what's going on around the world. And some of us have never even seen this before. So go and let's go on this journey together. This is part two and the last part. I actually have a third part, but I can't do it because next week is Mother's Day. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to write this in a book. So that's really cool. So I'm very happy with this. I'm finally writing a book. Thank you, Jesus. I'm close to 60, so I might as well do something. And book me now, you know. Anyway, so we saw, we saw the last couple of weeks, we saw, no, last week, we saw that Paul was really disappointed and quite angry and upset because he was correcting a problem that was in the Corinthian church. Now, there was a lot of problems in the Corinthian church. They were quite a rebellious bunch, really, to be honest with you. But he was one particular area that really concerned him because this had dire consequences for their own health and well-being. I'd like to read it again with you. Here we go, 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. You can actually read with me if you want to. It's a long scripture, but that's fine. It's good for you to read some Bible. Some of you, it's the only Bible you ever read in the, in the week. No, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. But then again, be honest, be honest, be honest. Okay, here we go. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. We ought to examine ourselves before we eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner eat and drink judgment on themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep have died. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. 
he's a little bit upset, this man, because he's, I'm sweating, man, it's so hot in the pool, and I'm just like, uh, I'll make this off now, Whew, can I have a little, little T.D. Jakes thing? In the lead, Jesus loves the priest like this. It'd be quite fun one time, wouldn't it? That would surprise you, wouldn't it? It would surprise me too. It's actually quite fun when you walk in this thing here. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a towel. Okay, here we go. So he is really upset here with these people. He is not happy at all because the Corinthian church are abusing the Lord's Supper. Actually, not even abusing, they are not using it correctly. And he says, because of this, it says here, because you are not using it correctly for this reason, many of you are sick, many of you are weak, and many die. That means like early death, you know, before your time. And so I thought, man, that's a massive thing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I've never seen T.D. Jakes with all these. <laughs> I'm not T.D. Jakes, I know, fair enough. Um, so, um, so the thing is, though, uh, so what was I? Don't. I was just flying here. Um, so he says, so um, come on, just help me. So basically, um, they, they were getting sick and they were dying early because they took communion or they didn't seek communion, actually didn't take communion, and they, took, they, they did it in an unworthy manner, it says here. It's the way they were doing it. See, they were having these love feasts. And these love feasts, often at night, they would just drink and eat. And at the end of the love feast, they would then take communion. Bad idea in Israel. Because it's a bit of wine, you know, a bit of food. And so at the end, there was chaos here. Because they had been eating and drinking. And one before that time, they had the communion. And they didn't even acknowledge, they didn't even discern the Lord. And basically, they had been doing this for a long time. Obviously, they just don't discern the Lord's body. They don't take this by faith at all. And so, they are not benefiting of what this meal, this powerful meal. And thank you so much, Amy and uh, Sam, for putting this beautiful table here together for this, uh, just to honor the Lord and to honor this beautiful meal, it was not benefiting them at all. Actually, the opposite was happening. They were getting sick and they're getting weak and they died before their time. Man, this is a powerful scripture. I don't know if you've ever seen this scripture before. Anybody ever read the scripture before? I'm sure you have read it before, right? But then some people do it the other way around, you know, and I used to be like that, when you're freaking out, because it basically say, if you don't examine your heart before you take communion, if you don't get rid of all your sin or all the things that are wrong and then take the communion, you basically get judgment on your life. The opposite is true. We've just celebrated the last three weeks that Jesus Christ took away the sin of the world upon himself, all the sin of the world, that he will remember our sins no more. So that's not the issue, is it? You don't come to the table. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of? That's right. Not you, me. Him, me. Yeah? Him, me. Not me, me. Right? Him, me. Oh, totally. It's about him. So it can't, it can't mean that. It is about the discerning. And that's why he was saying you're drunk and you're eating. He said, go home. If you want to get drunk, go home. If you want to eat, go home. But not at church when we're trying to discern and basically have the manifest presence and divine provision and protection and healing come from this beautiful meal. That's what he is saying. But if this is true, guys... It's an amazing, amazing meal. It's a powerful, happy meal. It's a happy meal. It makes you happy. It makes you whole. I had to put it in there, don't I? <laughs> the problem is this whole thing. 
See, we still live. I mean, Jesus uh, took the curse and, and, and he, he, he conquered death with the curse. But, of course, in the world, it's still a fallen world, right? We're going to have a new world one day, but not yet. Your body is not redeemed. Your spirit is, but your body isn't. You still are, um, what do you call it? Um, subject, sorry, subject, subject to this world. The toxins and the what people, dumb people, put into food and... That's why all the gluten-free intolerant. I mean, there's not real, real grain anymore. It's all been diluted and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all this stuff that's happening in our world, we're still part of this fallen world. So how is there a way out? Is there a way out? Is there a, is there a provision from God <clears throat> that would help, help to offset while we live this life to the fullest of what God has? See, Jesus says in John 10, 10, it's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life. But look what it says in the Passion Translation. My desire, God says, is Jesus says, is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. So everything in your life is meant to overflow. Part of this is healing and health. So you're not the one to be taken care of lying in the hospital here. No, no, you're the one who goes to the hospital and helps people in the hospital to get out of the hospital. To pray for them. Was it John G. Lake? Was it in the time over there? John G. Lake in the town? What's the town called again? Somebody knows here. Spunkane. Apparently when this, this revival, this whole thing was happening, there was people are saying there's nobody in the, in the hospitals anymore. They had to all close down. I'm sorry for you nurses and doctors. I mean, you know, you got a great job and great pay. It's awesome. Just go for it. And we all need doctors. We always need doctors. But the thing is, though, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, why are we just letting this thing get worse and worse and worse and worse? And is there a remedy? Now, this is a, this is a big question. Maybe something that the Bible Dutch, John, and I can look into sometime. Uh, we haven't got time right now for this whole thing. But healing is part of the atonement. Healing is part of what God wants. Amen. Healing is what he's given to us. Now, what if partaking of this meal <coughs> is part of this process that helps you actually to anti-aging, anti-sickness, anti-all this kind of stuff, what Jesus is talking about? Fullness of life is fullness of life. Now, you've got to be protect, be careful because what you eat. I get this stuff because all the stuff that we eat, you know, you got to like, whatever, you know, and all the stuff's happening and diabetes and this and that. It's all happening. A part of it is, of course, what we do ourselves. But the thing is, though, I know there's something here that's not for nothing that Paul is so strong about this. Have we somehow robbed ourselves? That's my question of divine health and life in this life. That's my question. And hopefully this can give a bit of an answer. Now, if you go to the Israelites, go back to the Israelites. So they were at the end of slavery of 400 years, and they were, Jesus, uh, God was basically Pharaoh, you know, was kind of like not wanting them to go. And this last plague, the 10th plague, was of course the firstborn was going to die. And so, <clears throat> and so the, the God says to, um, to the Israelites, please uh, kill a lamb, and basically put the, 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 the blood on the doorpost and on the lentil, and it becomes a cross, of course, and, and then eat it, and then the, and the, the lamb itself uh, eat it. But the, the, the lamb was for their sustenance, for their health, and for their well-being. So what we see is amazing. What happens is we see something here. We see when they left Egypt after that, not only had they a lot of money because they all gave them the gold and the silver and all this kind of stuff, but because God provided. But also God provided healing. Two and a half thousand people. Nobody was sick. Nobody was weak. There's something about what God did even at that moment for that place. But of course, it, 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 the lamb, of course, shows uh, is a picture of the lamb of God. Right? 
that was slain before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ. He was a lamb. Amen? Slain for us. And so we see that communion and partaking of communion and this whole rite and this whole situation and the whole cross is actually a double cure. Everybody say double cure. It's a double cure. It is the body that is for our healing and for sustenance and for life. And it is the blood that is for forgiveness. That's once and for all. But basically about salvation. When the blood was on the doorpost of the Israelites, it was for salvation. Not for forgiveness. Judgment didn't come to it. It's for salvation. Brings us into a sense of salvation in their lives. And we see this double cure throughout the whole Bible. For example, here in Isaiah 53, which is the best example, actually. That's why I use it. Surely, 53, surely, Jesus, of course, but he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and punished. The punishment that brought us peace, the shalom peace of God, nothing missing, nothing broken was on him and by his wounds and stripes we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray each one has turned out turned to our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all now i love this in the young's liberal literal translation it says surely jesus bore our sickness he bore our sickness say our Okay, our, our sickness and carried our, say our again, our, because you've got to make it for you, right? Our pain in this way. Matthew says in Matthew 8, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, the Greek for infirmity is the word asthenia, and that means bodily weakness. It means sickness. So it's very clear that Jesus Christ, when he died, and when his body was broken and smashed and lashed, and this you couldn't even recognize him, when that happened by his wounds, that he in his own body carried our, say our again, our bodily weaknesses, pains, and sicknesses. Now, I'm sure that some of you have heard this before, but I really want to get you into your brain. Actually, more than that, I want in your spirit. Because I want this to become a revelation for you. That is that attached to this meal. That is so incredibly powerful in this way. <laughs> That's the body. And then the sin. The Lord, for verse 6, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, iniquity is only a mile away from here. Iniquity in Hebrew is Avon, the Avon River. Serious, called Iniquity River. The reason why it is because Avon, the word Avon in Hebrew means to twist and to bend. And so the, the Avon River twists and bends throughout Christchurch. It's not an evil river. But it is the same word, iniquity, because what means to be in a sin bin, you do something wrong, there's iniquity, there's something wrong. If you look at sin, the word sin and the whole area of sin is basically missing the mark, right? You do something wrong. It's, it's not straight. The arrow is straight. So you're not going straight. And so the, the off thing, the off thing with everything off misuse of anything is basically sin. And so that's what here is happening here. Infirmities, he, and so iniquity, the sin of the world. And Jesus then takes the iniquity, the sin of the world 
all the bendedness, the crookedness, all that stuff of yours and mine from 2,000 years ago till whenever he comes back, for all the billions of people, he takes it on himself. That's why he was a bit sweating and a bit bloody. I was like, that's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal. I love, that's why I love 2 Corinthians. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. That in him, we might become the righteousness of God by grace. It's unbelievable. But I want you to see the severity of what happened on Good Friday. The severity of this meal. The severity of what actually happened to the world. It is absolutely amazing. Jesus paid once for all. Done deal. Everybody say, done deal. Okay. I hope you mean it. Done deal for us all. So communion, when you celebrate communion, it's a double cure. The disciples, you know, when he was doing this with them in the supper, Lord's Supper, you know, in the, the night before he was betrayed, he says, take, eat, this is my body, right? They knew. They knew that he was going to impart his life into their lives. Because he'd seen it before. Three years they walked with him. Always impartation, impartation, impartation. He knew it was not just a la-la thing. You know? Like a nice little thing to remember. Thank you, Jesus. They knew it was something much deeper than this. It was an impartation. They had walked with Jesus for three years and had never seen him sick. He had no flu, no weakness, no sputtering, no throat issues, no COVID, nothing. Nothing. He was always well. You can say, well, as Jesus. Well, I'll tell you, the Bible says that he's fully God, but also fully human. And it's unfair to say that he's fully human. Fully human. Never sick. He was vibrant, full of life in every way. See, they, the, the, the disciples knew when they had this meal that they were ingesting his life. It was not just a, hey, let's remember this thing once in a while at church. It's nice to do it. No, 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 every time ingesting the life of God into their mortal bodies, his divine life that was broken for us, was laid down to rest, his perfect, perfect body then comes and is smashed for us in this beautiful exchange that when we interact with him, it comes into our lives. And that's why Paul is so upset. Guys, you're not even discerning the body. You're not even discerning what's going on. You're just having a party and getting drunk. You have no idea what you're doing. And because of that, you're still in the judgment of the world. A lot of judgment words in there. Not that we are just, is the, is, is in the sense of as Christians, it is about the judgment that is in the world until the end of time and this new earth. The spirit is new, but the body isn't. We're still in this world that is broken, cursed. And so in this moment, is there redemption in this? Yes, for our spirit, but also for healing. Come on. You cannot say anything about the whole Bible is full of healing, both Old Testament and New Testament. Everywhere this exchange. It says in the Bible that Jesus healed everyone. You want to have proof here? Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them all. All. Yeah, well, it's Jesus. Well, Jesus told you to do the same, and he says you to do more than I do, and, more, and bigger and whatever. So there's no excuse. Yeah. Is it painful today or is it helpful? And painful, right? Both. Yeah, good. 
I want to be painful because I want you to feel the pain of what he's gone through to make you free and to make me free and to, for us to kind of do this kind of stuff, not as some pseudo-symbolic gesture, which is just honestly, it's just so incredibly shameful in this way of what he has done for us. I could cry, but I don't. Healing power. Healing power went from Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood touched him. Jesus has power come from me. You know, Jesus is still here. He lives right inside of you. By his Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ. We're one with his Spirit. And it's available to us today. Amen. Listen to this. The most important thing I say today. When we take communion, we engage with the substance of heaven. With the substance of the life that was broken for us and then comes into our body for our health and well-being. It's the way it is. That's theology, right? Now, don't come to me and say, listen, I've done this for 10 years. I'm still sick. I don't have all the answers. There is a mystery with all these things. I know some people don't get healed when you pray for them. I don't get it either. But honestly, we cannot, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, because it's so easy as human beings. I mean, Catherine and I see it in this church. So people even get offended with Catherine and me so easily. They say, why do you get offended with lovely people? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't get it at all. I don't get people when they, I just don't get it. Right? I mean, maybe strong at times and maybe I'm wrong at times. Not much. <laughs> it, it is so bad that a prophet, no, I won't say this. Actually, I said it before, didn't I? A prophet came to our church the other day. She prays for a whole bunch of senior pastors in the city. I'm honest because I'm going to honest with you. Keeps me accountable, Catherine. And he says, I've got some things for you, but I've got one word for you, Gideon. I've been sitting on this for months. I said, oh, I'm an amazing word, you know. And he said to me, I've got one word for you, Gideon. Listen to your wife. <laughs> Here is a prophet from another church coming to my church, to Catherine and I. I think, man, this is going to be catapulting into, into stratosphere, you know. I think I'm going to preach in nations and this is going to happen, right? Here she says, listen to your wife. I almost, I almost smacked her, you know. <laughs> That's not problem. Get behind me, Satan. Right? Come on. This is so dumb. No, it's not dumb. So I have to learn to listen to my wife. And there's wisdom because there's real wisdom in her. You know, there's also some other things that she said. It's not the only things she came for. That would have been really bad. <laughs> she said some real nice things to you, didn't she? And for us too, it was nice. But it was a really powerful thing. Anger. I don't even know why I said this. Why did I say it again? What's wrong? Anyway, the whole point is to engage with the substance. And I'm going to talk about it again. The substance of this meal. And I'll say it now. I was going to say it again. The thing is, though, because I'm in the flow of this thing, the substance. See, we have by faith substance. The Bible says that faith is substance of God, right? The way you get everything from God is by faith, right? Everything. And so the thing is what's happening. So what we've done in the communion area, you've got the Protestant church, and they've made it into symbols, symbolic. So here they go. They say, hey, this bread is symbolic of Jesus, now, I can't find it anywhere in the Bible that's symbolic of Jesus. See, I don't eat symbols. I play symbols. I hit symbols. Wadi and I love symbols, and we smash the heck out of these things. But this is not a symbol. I don't eat symbols. I eat, what does it say? Eat my body. And flee my flesh, eat my body. Eat. So you eat him. Now, the problem is then that the Catholic Church have gone all the other way. 
For them, this bread actually becomes the body of Jesus. And the juice actually becomes his blood. Well, that's just creepy. Uh, but that's actually not true because that's, then you would crucify Jesus every week again and every time you take it. So you can't have that either. But be honest with you, if I had to choose, I'll choose the Catholic Church. Because this is just symbolic, has no meaning except for thank you, Jesus, for what you did 2,000 years ago. Thank you, I'm saved. It has no impact in your life whatsoever. Worse, often it's, it's used for, oh, Jesus, I've done something wrong again. Will you please forgive me? I'm in the cleansing again. Okay, I'm cleansed again. It's not in the Bible. Actually, what it says here, all of the, actually, one time Jesus says, it's not in my notes either, but I don't want to say it. Uh, one time Jesus said, when he talks about communion, only one time he talks about forgiveness. The forgiveness of new covenant in my, and forgiveness of sin. One time. All the other three times or two times he says it, and here in Paul, is the blood for a new covenant. Where's my sin? I can't find it. I can't find it. But then you say, yeah, but I do still sin. I know, we all make mistakes all the time. And when you do make mistakes, say sorry. Say, sorry, Lord, I mucked it up again. But knowing that you are already forgiven, you're forgiven past, present, and future. He's not going to forgive you more right now. See, if you start asking forgiveness, you basically want him to go back on this thing again. I hope you're getting this. I know maybe for some of you, like, oh, shocking. But it's an embarrassment. We are forgiven people. He cleanses once and for all from the east to the west. He's put our sin away from us. There's no more penalty. Do we still sin? Absolutely, not in your spirit. But yes, you make mistakes every day. But the penalty is gone. He will never use it against you, ever again. Should you misuse it? Of course not. It's meant to you for your empowerment. That you not live with guilt and condemnation because that pulls you into more sin. But you know you're free forever and that makes you a happy Christian. And it helps you. Anyway, whatever. It's actually a different message, but anyway, it's all good. It's all one message. I want to put it all. I've got time, isn't it? so good. Listen to my wife. No, in this sense, I won't listen to my wife. So redemption, salvation, we talked about the blood for salvation, forgiveness once, you know. Redemption, it says in, in Colossians 1, in whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sin. Done. Ephesians 1.11 and then with redemption, that's what he talks about, redemption all the time. Through his blood, forgiveness of sin, according to the of grace. We are redeemed. We have redemption. Which means he has paid it all. It's a done deal. We are now in this new covenant. We have now redemption of everything. We're forgiven once and all. For Hebrews 1, and by this one perfect sacrifice, he has made perfect, us perfectly holy and complete forever. For all time, sorry, and forever. Keep reading quickly. The Holy Spirit, verse 15, the Holy Spirit confirms to us that by the scripture for the Lord says, afterward, I will give them this covenant. Now, I can't really talk about covenants today. I will do it soon. I'll do a whole, yeah, soon. Covenant, and I will embed my, my laws in their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts. And he says, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. What? I will never again, or ever again, which is never, remember their sins and lawless. God has put himself and given himself self-imposed amnesia. He sees everything. He knows everything about your life. But he chooses not to hold this against you. Why? One reason. It is 
finished. Thank you, Jesus. It is finished. It's paid for. You know what finished actually means in the Greek? It means tetelestai. I'll probably say it wrong. What? <laughs> I thought you knew this. Yeah. Tetelestai. It actually is an accounting term. It says paid in full. Done deal. He paid for it once and for all. I know this is very basic gospel, guys, but it's all related to this meal, which is actually something we can do every day, and it's just so powerful. That's why I come back the whole time to what Paul talked about, because you're not seeing those things. You're not seeing that stuff. And the reason why you don't see this thing, sickness comes to your life in every way, so we don't want this anymore. Amen? Jesus broke the power of death. Even when he died, you know, all these graves got opened up, you know, all these people who, were, who died in, in faith, you know, start walking around again. Not forever, you know, but there was something happened that day. It's just so powerful. I've done this. Do this in remembrance of me, verse 25. We've done it, haven't we? It's not about you. It's about him. The covenants are for you, not with you. We've had that, right? You get that? We'll talk about it some more time again. That's fine. And we remember him because he has given us this victory. And so every time, even when we do the meal, we declare his victory over our lives. And then the consequences of sin in the world, and can I say even consequences of your sin right now, can be remedied by what he has done for us and the empowerment can come to heal you and to strengthen you. I, you know, I wonder, you know, if we, if we really get this, you know, I just wonder if the church, how the church would be, what it would look like if we really believe this stuff, really believe this stuff. Right? I want to say something to you. Every scripture that you talked about communion, I'll tell you what the key word is. Covenant. New covenant. That is the key word. Yes, he had to deal with the sin, become sin for us because he had to deal with the whole justice system, blah, blah, blah. But then he says, but in my new covenant, new covenant, he deals with the past, he deals with the future, and then gives us a new covenant. And I'm not going to talk about it today, I've got no time for that. But the thing is, though, we step into a new covenant, into a new world. It's a new world. It's a brand new world of the kingdom of God you step into when you became a Christian. Actually, what happened 2,000 years ago on the cross, that happened to us. Did you know it was a global reset? I've never used that before. God told me yesterday, call it a global reset. 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave his life and rose from that, he, it was as a global reset. He reset the whole world. And of course, we've got this because we've got B.C. and A.D. before Christ and Anno Domini, which means the year of the Lord. Something changed in history. But what happened was a whole new covenant for the whole world. Actually, no. The covenants were never cut with you and me, but with the, thank you, some people know the Bible, with the Jewish people. See, for the Jewish people, it's a new covenant. The old covenant was there, and now there's a new covenant for them. What did we, unless you're a Jew here, God bless you. If you're not a Jew, if you're Gentile like me, right? Then we went from zero. We had no covenants. We were absolutely lost. The Paul talks about that in Romans so beautifully. And we step into the new covenant with the Jews. And we are lucky to be even be involved. 
We got cut in somewhere in the New Testament, somewhere Jesus said, okay, you can do it too. You know, we are grafted into the, they are grafted into, okay, you're going to plug into the foreigners, you know, plugged into this thing. But come on, it's amazing. We had nothing. And now we have a new covenant together with the Jewish people. One man, they said, not Jesus, one man, no Jews, no Greek man, one man, no female, male, one man together in this way. It is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'll finish with this global reset. I love this global reset. Thank you, Jesus. For the whole world, whosoever wants to believe, boom, you're joined in this global reset. Oh, Jesus, I love this so much. Then it says here at the end, it says, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Well, I never got that for a long time. Why do we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes? Why is his death? I thought it was his victory when he rose again. Come on. That's when it's like, no, it is his death. Why? And I'll, I'll talk about some other time again. It, because all the covenants were cut in blood. So here we have blood in the covenants, right? And so this covenant was cut when? On Good Friday. Of course, it's Resurrection Sunday, but it first had to become a new covenant. Otherwise, good for, Resurrection Sunday couldn't even happen. Now, I'm so excited for the people who got baptized today and Jody yesterday and Eva the other day because you have, have joined this global reset with an internal reset as part of this global. You have come and your life has died like Jesus. We, we, we resurrect with Jesus. We, we identify with Christ. He died for us. When we go into the waters of baptism, we die and we leave our thing. But it's only a picture of what's already happened by faith. By faith, you are circumcised from the inside. Remember? Circumcised. Your, 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 your evil nature your, was broken and taken out. And you're given God's nature inside. And then the baptism is a picture and a testimony of what happened to you on the inside. It is so absolutely beautiful. Amen? Therefore, as anybody in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled to himself. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I'll, I'll be finished. Catherine. Finish soon. All this is from God who reconciled herself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world, global reset, to himself in Christ, not counting, not, not, not counting people's sins against them. What? Yeah, but this prophet said that because of the homosexual thing, they had a little thing like this, and suddenly God's going, where's that in the Bible? I'm sorry, I can't find it anywhere in the New Covenant. And the Old Covenant is not even yours. So get out of the Old Covenant. It's only for the Jews. They can muck around with that one. Whatever. This is not ours. It says here, God says, I will not count people's sins against them. Again, for another day. Stop criticizing people. Stop preaching judgment over the world or things. And don't listen to those dumb prophets. I want you all to come to Friday night to the prophetic encounter now because David Balestri, great prophet from Australia, he's going to come and set something straight. You will not believe what he's going to talk about. It's absolutely amazing. If you have questions in this area, please come. He will settle things for you because honestly, we need some better theology in this hallway. Amen? Amen. So um, the, the whole point is that when we take communion, is that we partake of the life of God for our health and healing and wholeness and protection. And that's why, that's why I do it every day. You say, how often do you do it? Well, the Bible says often. The New Testament and the Acts, they, they did it daily, every day. Now, I think with the toxins, like I said last week, I think with the toxins that we have these days, I think we probably should have more than once a day. But anyway, once a day, that would be very good. I had a, last two weeks ago, I asked how many people did it every day, and it was like three of yours. And I thought, Wow. Interesting. Guys, it is so powerful, this meal. It is so holy. 
that is so powerful for right now. Every day, every minute. If you have cancer, if you are sick, take it five times a day. Keep on every day you discern the body and you keep reminding Jesus of his covenant. You drink this covenant, eat this bread, something will happen to you. It will. Honestly, it's just a powerful thing in your life. If you've never said yes to Jesus, all eyes closed, please. Online, maybe you're sitting in here, you have never said yes to Jesus. And what I've just talked about, how beautiful that Jesus would give himself to, to you. That God would let his son, it's, the Bible said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his, long, his son, Jesus Christ, to go to a cross, to take the sin of your life, my life, and the whole world upon himself, and then be raised from the dead to give us new life. If anybody will believe in him, he will not perish, but have eternal life. Do you need eternal life today? Do you need Christ today? I want to pray in a minute, a prayer of commitment. And if you say yes to Jesus today, then I want to include you in this prayer. Is there anybody here? Can you please put your hand up for me that I know who I'm praying with today, who's joining me in this prayer? Is there anybody in this room that says, yes, I need Jesus? Anybody online? It's the most beautiful thing, most powerful thing that you'll ever do with your life. We have a beautiful testimony here today of the people getting baptized. Is there anybody in this room? Do it today. Do it today. Online. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive your life. And I thank you, Lord, what you've done for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and I will serve you for the rest of my life. If you prayed this prayer, even online, then you have become a child of God. Make sure that you find a strong Bible-believing church. This is a great church, but if you don't live in Christ church, go find a good church, and it's going to be powerful for you in this way. Amen? So, now we're going to do this thing. I'm not going to throw it. Don't worry. I'm not going to throw it. Last week I threw the bread. I'm sorry. My wife told me off. I did it once before at the conference in Australia. I did this whole thing. I think it's so powerful. There's so much bread here. Just come and get it if you want, okay? I won't throw it to you, but come and get it if you want to. It's way enough for me, you know? But Jesus, on the night that he, uh, before he was betrayed, he took the bread, and he says, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Look, look, look to me. Look to me for your life. Look to me for your health. And as you do this, so whatever you have, even today, whatever, there's two stations here, one station here, one station here, and you can come get this. Nice than that stuff anyway. Unless you're gluten-free, go that way. And, uh, and, and take this and say, Lord Jesus, I need healing. Not just of your body, maybe healing of your mind, healing of your soul, relational things, pain, depression. Just take his bread and say, Lord, I'm ready for an exchange today. And then take his body, okay? And then this beautiful cup. I love this cup. I fell in love with this cup five years ago when I was in Israel. Changed my life. Since that time, I've taken it every morning, every day. This is so lovely. It's my time with God. Every time I pray for you guys, the church. I pray for my family and for my life to be healthy. I pray for my heart, for my, for my kidneys, for everything. You know, I say, thank you, Jesus. I'm, a, I'm whole. I'm, I'm healed. I'm, I'm just great. You know? It's this, it's this, this new covenant. A lot of promises for you. What promise do you need to be fulfilled? The yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Take, drink, and have this promise come to your life and manifest in your life. Amen? Why don't you go now for our first prayer? Pray. Father, thank you so much again for this beautiful meal. We honor you. Bless your name, Lord. As we take this, Lord, may the, may the profoundness of this, of this bread, of this meal, become so real to us. And as we take, Lord, may we find a real 
interaction and transaction and exchange take place in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.